0: Welcome to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. Immigrant Stories is a live show where we mix two very different styles of storytelling. We have true stories told live on stage by immigrants from all over the world who have uprooted their lives and moved to Sweden. We mix those stories with improvised theater. What makes this show unique is the storyteller donates their story to the show and actually contributes themselves as the main character in our improvised long-form performance. So they literally choose an actor who will play them, and when their story ends, we improvise the rest of their life. And this has just been a thrilling mix of storytelling. Now, improv is really best seen live in the moment, However, these true stories can live on, and that's why we have this podcast, to really share these stories with the world and hope they make us feel a little bit more connected. I'm Josh Len, and I'll be joined by other members of our improv ensemble, and you'll hear us backstage after the show reflecting on these stories and how they touched us emotionally in order to bring them to life. If you're an immigrant living in Sweden and you have a story to tell, Get in touch with us at International Theatre Stockholm. Let's get into the stories. Uh, Let's just bring up our first storyteller tonight. She is from Bielefeld, Germany. Uh, uh, Yes, Uh, she's lived in Sweden for one year. Please help me welcome to the stage, Victoria Nord.
1: So hello everyone, I'm Victoria Nord, and as Josh said, I'm from Bielefeld, a mid-sized town in Germany that is mostly known in Germany for not existing. <laughs> there is actually a whole conspiracy about it, including <laughs> including the university building being a spaceship in disguise used by the CIA. So. It's basically a German Area 51, and um, there are, the conspiracy also includes aliens who manipulated people to believe in that city. They planted highway signs that point towards the city, but actually don't lead anywhere. <laughs> so yeah, the whole thing. There's actually a movie about it, so if you want to practice your German, uh, it's called Die Bielefeld Verschwörung or The Bielefeld Conspiracy. Um, Anyway, so about two years ago, in October 2016, a friend of mine and I decided to visit Stockholm. The flights were very cheap, um, but that was basically all that was cheap, which we just (laughs) realized until after, and we realized we couldn't afford a hostel here. So um, basically out of an emergency situation, we decided to try couch surfing. I don't know if any one of you has tried it before, but... It's actually, yeah, right, it's pretty cool, and we really enjoyed the experiences we had with different hosts, and amazing hospitality, and great food, and it was really amazing. Couchsurfing was also what got us invited to this party at Collective Sunshine, uh, where we met, (laughs) apparently someone knows it, Um, where I got introduced to the host, Magnus, who ended up being my boyfriend, and... He's basically the reason why I'm here today. Mm-hmm. So things got relatively fast. About a year later, I decided to move to Sweden, which was uh, about a year ago. And I had just finished my degree in psychology and took a job here. And I just want to take you with me into a situation I experienced commuting to work one morning. So it was a very dark and cold November morning and we all have to get used to Novembers here as immigrants in Sweden. And I was sitting on the metro and I had forgotten my phone at home. So basically all you can do when you forget your phone at home is stare at people who are staring at their phones. It was my first winter in Sweden, so I wasn't prepared very well. I didn't have a proper coat or shoes yet, so why not get some fashion inspiration in the metro? I'm not generally that much of a fashionable person, but I do like to look nice and maybe not stick out too much at the same time. So just across me was this young lady sitting, and I just caught, or her shoes caught my eyes. It was black leather ankle boots and they look very nice, even though not very practical. When ice comes and stuff, I thought it might get very slippery, but sure, they looked stylish. Out of it were peeking some black socks, which is not a surprise either, because who else would wear white socks for dark shoes other than a fashion-literate German guy in his 40s? Um, <laughs> so no surprises there. Her legs were wrapped in black chino pants. Her Coat ended around her knees, it was black. Her gloves were leather gloves, they were black. They were holding a leather bag that was black and her (laughs) other arm was, like her arm was on an umbrella that was also black. So I guess you can see where I'm going, right? Black boots, black socks, black pants, black coat, black umbrella, black gloves, black bag. So can anyone guess what color her scarf might have had? You're mistaken, it was actually charcoal. (laughs) And it was... And it was really sticking out brightly like... Like the new moon in a very cloudy night. (laughs) So I got off at Gamla Stan and I just took a moment to look at the fellow passengers exiting the train and... Let's say it like that, I don't need to watch a movie to see 50 shades of gray. (laughs) One person after another disappeared as a black dot into the dark. And I asked myself, is this the secret of fitting in in Sweden? Wearing an all black outfit, all black winter long? Later that week, I went to a store to finally buy myself a new coat. And I was proudly wearing my new haul when I exited the store. It had a really cozy hood and deep pockets to hide my hand in when it's getting really cold. But most importantly, it was a radiant ruby red. (laughs) Thank you very much.
0: So here we are backstage uh, after tonight's show. We had an amazing show. It was totally sold out. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, so everyone. So the audience was incredible. Yes. Yeah. They are so... That was so funny. A lot yeah. of energy. Tons of energy. Yeah. And great. Like, in the first act, we heard these great uh, immigrant stories. Yeah. yeah. About the person. Yeah. She
2: really wanted to tell a story about how... Mm how much problems that cost her that she didn't have a person to yeah mm. and it sounded serious and we had that several yeah. shows yeah. Mm. It's, it's a big it's a big it's thing. A huge I think problem it's mm. a big
3: thing it is
2: yeah. it's amazing how they want
0: to share it yeah there's it's stories. wonderful mm. there's something so special about uh, how everyone feels connected when the audience mm. gives more than just a word often just for those of you who don't know improv often we get a word or uh, a very short suggestion mm. to inspire our stories that we create. And here we're really trying to dig deeper into the audience and really hear their stories and experiences of Sweden, mm. uh, even before we get to the storytellers.
2: Mm. Yeah, and you can hear that a lot of people in the audience can relate to, like this with a person or something else that comes up, and a yeah. lot of laughs and yeah. recognizing in the audience. Mm. the audience. Mm.
0: So let's get into Victoria's story, and Jenny, she chose you to play her. Yes. So what went through your mind when you heard her story?
2: I was I was just enjoying the story. She was uh, such an amazing storyteller. Mm-hmm. She really had the audience uh, focus all the time. They were really enjoying her story as well. Um, and there were a lot of laughs. Uh, she had humor. Mm-hmm. Um... So I was um I was happy and, and kind of proud when she chose me. I wasn't expecting it. Um but I was uh, like warm and calm inside. um, uh, hard to describe.
0: It's a wonderful feeling to yeah. be chosen by is. someone, isn't it? It
4: is. It's like this bowl of trust. It and is. They are like here, here is me, my life.
0: But Take sometimes
4: care of it. sometimes
2: that can be frightening. Yeah. Uh, if, oh, yeah. If, mm-hmm. it, it's an, I mean, it's a big responsibility because yeah. uh, uh, it's important that we respect the storytellers and uh, that we don't, I mean, mess, mess up <laughs> yeah. too much. You, don't wanna, you want them to be happy. Yeah.
0: At the same time, we want to be able to feel brave. And, yeah. Uh, and for those of you who haven't seen the show or don't really understand it, after they tell their story we then go off and tell our story uh, that's inspired from theirs mm-hmm. and we play out their lives.
4: Yeah. Hmm. And if I can add on the story that we actually did now. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, in her in her intro to the story, she talks about her town, and, uh, you know, the German version of Area 51 and aliens and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course... That's where we, you know, speaking of taking risks, that's where we took it, we... Yeah,
2: she planted the seed.
4: Yeah, she did plant the seed, and of course, there were, like, in the end, she was an alien. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. a beautiful uh, love story. Yeah, and you could tell the
2: audience, they there was such a relief, <laughs> you know, they were all kind of <laughs> hoping for it, and I think on stage, we were as well, but yeah. we couldn't really, we didn't count on it no. to happen, but... It,
4: and I think that was being bold, too, because it's like, oh, can we take this big of a risk, make someone an alien? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the main character. And we did. We did. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and because it's improv, and we don't know where it's going to go, mm-hmm. uh, when someone puts their life in your hands, mm-hmm. you know, it can feel uh, pretty scary to make those choices. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being extremely entertaining and loads of fun. Mm-hmm. Um Do that, yeah, but it was also a
2: very nice uh description of Swedes that she did a very detailed description. Mm. She was uh on the subway talking about Mm. looking at people who didn't look at her, (laughs) uh, but they were all wearing black. Uh, this woman she talked about first, and then she went off the subway and noticed that everyone else they were wearing black,
3: Mm.
2: all of them Mm. just disappearing like black dots in the (laughs) November (laughs) darkness. And that's uh, that's how we Swedes are. I wear black a lot. So I what? Felt so
0: what is it? I mean, since you're all Swedish and I'm not, like, what is it about wearing black?
4: You look good in black. Well, I, I
0: don't know. Well, not all do, do you, during the winter. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's,
4: because you're pale.
0: Because <laughs> you're pale.
3: Well, <laughs> you should wear something else.
2: No. Sometimes uh,
3: I, okay. I. Sometimes I. I Think that, but but I have color, uh, on some clothes, and then I, I look like like I, I look into my wardrobe and it's black and dark blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's black, gray, and dark blue.
2: Yeah, I I wear color, colorful clothes sometimes, but it's yeah. always you stick out.
4: Yeah, you do, yeah, especially you do. if you have a coat mm. or a jacket mm. or something, like a hat. I think that. that's it. I think people Swedes don't want to stick out. Yeah, too mm. much. Yeah. Uh, but also, right. I think it's something to do with the
2: with the seasons because mm. in the summertime, people wear more colorful were Light in
4: the summer. Uh, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. but it's something that you, it, your mood changes. You want to kind of uh, go e- eat like <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> you yeah. want to hide and you know what hibernate. Yeah, hide.
5: Yeah.
2: Mm. yeah, you want to go and light candles and yeah.
0: uh, mm. eat. Well, I mean, tonight's theme was conformity, and I, I think it is feels really strong mm. for people who aren't from here. Mm, yeah. uh, like, if you walk down the street in the States, you see yeah. eight million mm. different kinds of clothes and styles, and uh, mm. it's way different. And then here, it, it is, mm. like she said, sometimes you feel like a bunch of black dots, you know? It was a great
4: story for that theme. Like, yeah. If you think conformity and, like... You know, you'd think uniforms, Mm -hmm. uh, which is like, you know, an insane (laughs) type of conformity. And that that was her story. We're like all wearing this uniform of black clothes.
0: And it really says a lot about her Mm -hmm. that she bought a red jacket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's like, fuck it. I'm going to stick out. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's really cool. Mm -hmm. That's no wonder we made her an alien.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. but Germany is not that far from Sweden I mean she no. she told me that uh, her that town of hers is a 23 hour long drive from Stockholm there is a bus going directly from Stockholm to her hometown in 23 oh. hours
4: wow. wow yeah that's impressive I'm wearing yellow today
2: you look very good in I'm like bright
4: yellow and I'm, I'm that's actually very noticing how I feel... <laughs> Swedish yellow. No, but yeah, it's, it's a Swedish color, but I feel like it's it's kind of blinding my eye. <laughs> That's how I'm used to this color I am.
0: Hmm. Hmm. It was fun. I think when we played out the story, we had a lot of fun with the yeah. fact that she was sticking out and it yeah. worried Magnus' friend. And <laughs> yeah. So much that he
2: <laughs> thought she was an alien. Yeah. yeah.
0: Let's get our second storyteller up here. Uh, She is from Vila Hiel, Portugal. Uh, And she's lived here seven months. Let's give a warm welcome to Ana Cruz.
5: Hi, everyone. Uh, I hope everyone can hear me. Uh, yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to tell you a short story uh, about one time that I went to a Techno Mass here in Stockholm, near Kungsträdgården. Uh, so to just to give you a little bit of background, uh, like uh, Josh said, I come from Vila Real, which is a very small town in the north of Portugal. And it's quite a conservative. Um, very religious town and when I was growing up there I always felt like I didn't really fit in like there was something that didn't quite click Uh, then when I when I was 18 I moved away and um, after I moved away um, I uh, started realizing a lot of things about myself and one of the things that I realized that I think explains a lot of why I felt like I didn't fit in is that uh, I'm bisexual, and that was not really popular where I grew up, (laughs) Uh, and so a few years later, I moved to Sweden seven months ago, and um, I knew that Sweden was very, very known for being very LGBT friendly, and I found out that Sweden was hosting Europride. Stockholm and Göteborg together were hosting Europride this year, and when I found out about that, I was very excited, and uh, I started browsing through the program. And that's when I came across this Pride Techno Mass. Uh, and I was, I was really surprised. I, I, I don't know about you, but in, in my vocabulary, Pride, Techno, and Mass don't usually go together. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, but I was like, I have to check this out. I mean, I'm going to regret if I don't go. So it was uh, in a weeknight, so I went with some friends after work. And when I got there, I realized that it was kind of, it's exactly what it sounds like. So. (laughs) uh, (laughs) There was uh, like a a DJ booth in the middle of the aisle leading to the altar. Uh, They they were blasting techno. Um, There were lights being like shined on the walls of the church and they were rainbow colored. And there were also smoke machines and uh, <laughs> everyone was dancing. Uh, there were obviously, uh, I guess, obviously a lot of same sex couples, uh, a lot of uh, queer priests, and, um, and yeah, it was like, it was, for me, it was a real shock. Um, it was a culture shock, but I think a lot of other shocks as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so we went in and we sat down, and I was kind of like just staring at everything, not really knowing what to think and then uh, the music died down and then uh, the bishop of sweden i don't know if you guys know her eva brun she came on and she started leading the mass she she started leading prayer and i think like at this point uh like my brain and went into short circuit uh yeah because like it was you know it was the same kind of prayer it was the same images around me. It was, it was exactly the same smells even that I, I used to experience when I was back in Portugal and I had like a religious education. But, but the message was completely different, right? I mean, uh, it, was, it was a message of acceptance, uh, of um, coming together, of positivity. And that was very weird for me, uh, the like joining the religious side with the queer side and yeah and i really thought that uh, seeing something like that was something that would never happen in my lifetime that this was like i didn't even know that i thought this but i realized that it was very very shocking for me to see that and i think that uh, afterwards when i started thinking more about this experience um it, it had a really positive impact on me because it made me realize that things that seem completely impossible are actually not and it made me realize also that, like, church is just uh, an institution made of people, so if people can change, churches can change. And it also made me think, like, maybe people are a bit more accepting than I thought. And I should give them more credit. So when I went back home um, for summer, uh, I decided to come out to my parents. And it was a really, really good experience. We, we had a really great chat. and. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that uh, a technomas in Stockholm helped me to do this. (laughs) Thank you.
0: some wine, and uh, loving talking about these stories. So, Kedrina, Anna chose you to play her. Uh, so, what what went through your mind? What were the things that stuck out in her story that you got excited about?
4: Mm, well, first of all, I think the whole techno-mass thing. The pride, pride techno-mass, techno mass. and hearing it from her perspective. Like, I think when she first m- mentioned it, uh, I almost didn't hear mass in it I just heard that prior techno thing and I was like oh yeah mass and then I thought like being Swedish I thought oh that must have been just like a name for this thing like that they used and then realized, no it was a mass the the bishop was there (laughs) Um, and then hearing her like uh, having a religious uh, education um, like yeah that must have been a real cultural shock uh, to be able to mix religion into techno and then, uh, pride, um. So I think that that definitely stuck out.
0: Um, Can I ask a quick question? When you said being Swedish, mm-hmm. you thought mass was just a name. Well, Why is that? What does that mean?
4: It, uh, it, you know, because we're so secular. So
2: for me, it didn't
4: mean church at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, um, I mean, I didn't, like, I didn't know, I didn't, like, that word and register until she said it the second time, and then I thought it was, like, oh, like, fun play with the word of church. Like a mass of people or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that. exactly. <laughs> because I think that that is a big thing in Sweden, being secular. Uh, yeah. There are, you know, some regions where people are religious, but for the most part, um, It's really like a shock to a Swede a lot of times when you meet someone who's religious and you're like, Oh, for real, yeah. Um, we can't say weird stuff about God now, yeah, exactly. Religious person in the room, yeah, yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Um, so, uh, (laughs) Uh, so, but I think that's and again, speaking of conformity, like, I'm only realizing this now, but I think that's like for most Swedes you are secular. You can believe in something or you can have your private faith or you can be spiritual um but like to actually be dedicated to a church and go to mass that I when mean, that's really unusual.
2: Or mm. well, at least it's nothing that it's not something that you
3: speak openly about. Mm. Well, yeah, but it's interesting because I think that in the uh, LGBT community, church has become very important because you are excluded mm. by many mm. priests and church. And then when you are included, that becomes super important. So Right. Um, yeah.
0: And Sweden's one of the only places where you can have like a, a LGBT wedding in church, right? Isn't that... True, mm,
4: but it's up to the can priest. You actually get married in church,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Of since, like 10 years, but but priests can also say no, yeah, which okay. someone
4: did recently yeah. in Valsestan, the church oops, that I belong to since I'm a Swedish, I'm still a member of the <laughs> Swedish church, <laughs> That I never go. Uh, but when I lived in Vassestan, uh, I just read the priest. It uh, was like an article about the priest there who uh said that he doesn't want to marry uh, same sex couples. Oh. And that's like, yeah. and that sticks out. Yeah, that mm. sticks out, which is a good thing. That is, yeah, out. Mm. I mean, definitely.
0: It was really exciting to hear how she was so inspired by this story, mm. uh, by this experience of going to yeah. Sunday mass, uh, and that led her to come out to her family. Yeah. Mm. That is amazing. Yeah. And for us, when we played her story after she finished, of course we wanted to go to Sunday Techno Mass. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was just such an attractive place to be uh, from an improviser standpoint. Mm. We had so much fun. Mm.
2: (laughs) But I think also one interesting uh, thing in her story was that it kind of opened her mind. She realized that anything is possible Mm -hmm. Uh, if this techno-pride mass is possible and people doing the things they do in this mass and then anything mm-hmm. goes, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, mm. And that was really mind-blowing to her. Mm. That's great. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it felt like such relief, especially since she grew up in what she said was a conservative town. Yeah. Uh, which also had its own way of conforming.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure that's another mm. perspective.
0: It, yeah, very cool to have like two very different takes on the theme.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Any other? <laughs> <laughs> I can't that's stop. I, uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't stop wondering. Like now she's been in Sweden for uh, seven months. Yeah. Uh, and experienced Europe Pride which is like an awesome experience. It's, course uh, i want to hear a story like in five years when she's been in, oh, in the stockholm wow. queer community because there is conformity yeah. <laughs> in that community yeah. too yeah. like mm. uh, yeah it like felt in, like
5: in the community uh, i guess but like
3: like in any community so i i just had that thought like we've been, it, what, what is she going to well, hey, experience.
0: maybe we'll be playing the show in five years. Yeah, She yeah. we'll back, <laughs> come back, yeah.
3: and like, okay. So I was sitting there, and everyone was wearing black.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. Our live improv show has been so popular, we have extended for three dates: November twenty-third, November thirtieth, and December seventh, two thousand eighteen. Get your tickets at internationaltheater.se. That is theater spelled the American way, T-H-E-A-T-E-R. Find us on all social, uh, International Theater Stockholm, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and definitely come and see this show live because it's a lot of fun. The improvisers you heard on this podcast are Dr. Maria Ranius, Jenny Bjork, Katharina Walberry, and me, Josh Lynn. Special thanks to our storytellers, Victoria Nord and Anna Krush. And to our musician, Marcus Sturowall, for giving us this amazing music for the podcast. We will see you at the theater. New podcast coming soon. Bye-bye.